If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. Okay, so I am going to be totally honest here. I don't know if I'm excited, if I'm intrigued, or if I'm plain old scared to have today's guest on the show. I'm going to be the first to put my hand up and say, I know nothing about this mindset stuff, but I've been working with business owners as a business consultant and an accountant for nearly 20 years. And that's a lot of years talking about money and a lot of years talking about numbers. And I'm certain that there's something going on in the minds of so many business owners out there when it comes to money. And so today's guest is going to shed some light on that for us. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yeah, it's going to, I'm looking forward to it myself. I'm, I know that I'm going to learn a thing or two that, and I'm sure it's going to help me. It's going to help the people that are listening. It's going to help my clients. I've got no doubt. So tell us, Christine, a bit about yourself and your business. Amazing. Okay. So I'm a business mindset coach. So I work with women entrepreneurs to help them take their business to the next level. And how I help them is by unlocking any behavioral or mindset blocks that are keeping them playing small. So we work through self-sabotaging behaviors, any mindset blocks, things like what they're charging and how they can start to step in to start charging what they're worth and anything else that's basically keeping them playing small. So it's one of my favorite places to play. And as a business, like I've worked in business development for a long time. And it's something that I find that mindset is one of the biggest things that stops us from taking action in our business and stops us from truly showing up as powerfully as we could. And so I help them be able to take their business to the next level by elevating who they believe they are and elevating their mindset to be able to step into a growth mindset. Mm, yeah, it's such, I find it an intriguing topping, uh, topic, mainly because I really do know nothing about it. But when we were uh, discussing this podcast beforehand, we were sort of saying, you know, what are we going to talk about? And you threw up a few different options. One of the options that just really stood out for me as far as topics goes was the, and these are your words, elevating your money mindset so that you can push through the glass ceiling and earn what you desire. That to me, is something that I absolutely see in so many different business owners. And it really makes no difference your age, how long you've been in business for, whether you're male, whether you're female, it really doesn't make any difference. We all seem to have these sort of a glass ceiling and whether or not that glass ceiling for some people is like higher than others or more easily shattered than others, I don't really know. But I'm really keen for you to sort of get stuck into it and, yeah, talk to us about our money blocks. Yeah, and look, money mindset is one of my favourite things to talk about because when we once we step into understanding our money mindset and helping to shift it and to step into the, the self-worth and the belief around being our earning potential, it helps us 
push through and like you said, smash that glass ceiling so quickly. And just like you said at the beginning, like you were a little bit scared, a little bit apprehensive. When we think about money and we think about and we experience money in our everyday life, that's very normal to have an emotional response because we all, like you said, no matter who you are, what your experience, what your background, we all have a different money mindset. And that money mindset could be really well developed in the way that it's stepping into an abundant mindset, or it can be coming from a place of scarcity. So it's really interesting when we start to recognize how we interact with money on a daily basis and how it makes us feel, because our emotional response is what actually drives our action. So every time that we interact with money, if we're feeling like we're not good enough, if we're feeling we're not worthy of earning that money, if we're feeling just scared about it, like all of that then impacts the way that we take action in our business and the way that we utilize money as a tool to elevate our growth. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. So if I personally, myself, I look at myself as a business owner, as a person who's quite good with how I handle my money, I'm good with how I I charge clients, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I feel like I personally don't have any money mindset issues, but really, do I, how do I know if I don't have money mindset issues or how do I know if I do have money mindset issues? What's the, what do we look for? Yeah, cool. So look, no matter where you are in business, there's always going to be certain blocks to going to the next stage of growth, right? So it's, I guess it's like, we have different elevations of money mindset. So we can come from a place of complete scarcity where we are fearful of money, where we believe that there's not enough, where we struggle with actually welcoming it and keeping it in our lives. So that could be from a place of overspending, avoiding looking at our finances, not even setting goals when it comes to the money that we want to earn, really struggling with actually speaking about money in our everyday life, speaking about it to our clients, charging our worth. So that's really really low kind of scarcity mindset focus when it comes to money. And then there's different elevations of it. So depending on where you are and how you interact with money, your money mindset blocks could be different in the way that's like you may not be stuck in a lot of scarcity, but you could be stuck in fearful of being able to take it to the next level. So that's where the glass ceiling or the threshold comes into play. So our money mindset blocks are kind of different for everyone, but there's so many common blocks that keep us stuck. So like as we mentioned, so you know, overspending or um, struggling to actually keep money in your life. It could be um, charging your worth. It could be you know pushing past that next level of income. So maybe you're hitting 10k, but you really struggle to hit the 15k per month or something like that, where you kind of want to take it to the next level, but the, you just don't know what's actually stopping you. It feels like a an invisible barrier that's actually keeping you playing at the same level. Yes. So we have these people that we come in touch with in our lives who have got definite issues when it comes to money, like as in, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to look at it. And people are, people out there are not looking at their financial position. They're not, it's not that they don't care about it. I'm certain there's just something blocking them, stopping them from really looking into it. Yeah, because there's so many emotions attached to it. And when it comes down to it, when we think about our the, our evolutionary fears, or our evolutionary core needs, money is very connected to our need for shelter, connected to our need for survival, right? Because without money, we can't have good shelter, we can't have good food, we can't survive, right? So it's very connected to not only our evolutionary core needs, but it's also connected, and this is one of the things that I help people work through, is the self-worth element. So we connect our money to our worth. 
which isn't really supportive of our growth because if we're trying, if we are valuing ourselves based on how much money we have in the bank or how much money we are earning, then we're actually completely discounting so much else that comes into the play, into play when it comes to our self-worth. But that's why it's such a struggle for a lot of people because they're connecting it to their self-worth and there's a lot of, you know, deep-seated money beliefs that are keeping us playing small or keeping us stuck based on our past experiences. Yeah, and it's I guess that's how it plays out when I see as an accountant and as a business consultant, I really do dig quite deep into people's financial positions and never ever with any level of judgment. And at the end of the day, every single business owner is operating their business differently. They're handling their finances differently. They're spending their money differently. But there are people that are spending money that they don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where that whole self-worth comes in, in in that we need to be seen to be going on fancy holidays. We need to be seen to driving the best car. We need to be seen to be in the best house in the street or, you know, there are people I suppose that have those sort of issues that can't always necessarily uh, back them up financially. But is that kind of a part of what you're getting at there when you talk about self-worth? For sure. It's because we're measuring it based on society's definition of success, right? So it's like, who do we believe that we are? And when we're in a, a place of society, like who, where we're, our expectation on ourselves of what it means to be successful, right? Like that's where I kind of have that correlation between like, you've got to have that car and we're told about being happy when we have that, you know, 2.5 in the family and the big house and the flashy car and the big international holidays, like that is what's deemed to be either happy or be successful. So we're actually measuring it based on that and then we're levelling up our self-worth compared to that, which that comparison causes us to fall into such self-doubt and self it's such a detriment to our self-worth and our self-belief because that's not even achievable for a lot of people. And when it comes down to happiness, is that truly what gives you happiness? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a big thing, you know, behind closed doors, you want to be happy with your life. And if, if you feeling like you're needing those types of material things in order to be happy, then perhaps it's a case of, you know, maybe it's time to start working through some of those money blocks. So some of those money issues that you've got going on. Or it could also be that if, as we're spending it, right, like our beliefs run our behaviors, they run our lives. And so if we have deep seated belief systems around money being dirty or money being filthy or more money equals more problems or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or if we've ever had anybody in our lives, especially as younger children, if we've been brought up in a household that judged other people who had money, when we receive money in our everyday lives now, then, and it means like if the more money I have, then I might be judged, right? If there's that concept in our brain, because our subconscious mind is running everything. And then if we think, well, if I have this money, and then if I, if my parents judged other people for having money when I was a kid, and I'm seen to have money now, what does that mean about me? And if I'm judged, will they then be you know, not loved, would love be taken away from me? Or will that mean like, this is the way our subconscious mind works, yeah. right? So it's easier for us to then spend money and get rid of it than to hold on it, hold on to it, because then that might mean that we will lose love or we'll be judged for having the money. Mm, yeah, it's really interesting, I suppose, when you really do dive into it and start thinking about where it comes from. I know with my own children who are nearly all adults now, I've spent a lot of time being really careful with the words that I use around money, you know, careful in so much as 
I don't want them to blow their cash. I want them to save it. And they're all so far two out of three. There's a third one that hasn't quite got to that point yet, but you know, they're very good with their money at this stage of their lives, which is great. So they do Mm -hmm. save it, but they will spend it if they need to spend it. But then, then the other thing that I'm really careful with um, when it comes to speaking to my children is to, if somebody else is, if somebody else is out there and they're doing really well, I will never um, knock them down. You know, I feel like there's a lot of that goes on in households where people perhaps speak without thinking around their children yeah. and knock others down for having a fancy car or having a, a great house or, you know, spending money on the things that they want to spend their money on. So I, I guess I love as parents, we need that. to be really careful about the, yeah, the words that we're using. Mm. Absolutely, because you are literally shaping their money mindset and their self-worth as they grow. Yeah. And they're taking absolutely. it on board because when we're so so young, especially between the ages of zero to seven, we have what we call the imprint phase. So our brains at that point are such sponges that they're taking on board everything that our caregivers are talking to us about. And sometimes it's even not even said out loud, it's, it's implied. So when I was young, there was not a lot of talk about money, but there was a stress to it, right? So it was like anytime it was spoken about or money was spent, there was a stress and energy around it being stressful. And you could feel tension in the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when we saw anybody else like with a flashy new car or, you know, when you can see them spending money, there was a, a, an underlying judgment and it wasn't necessarily an outright judgment on the people, but there was like this tension and this comparison that happened which then caused me to have that belief system system around like well then if if you're flashy with money then you're judged for it right but then that then caused a hesitation with me being able to welcome more money into my life because I was like well if I have it and then I flash it around or I use it to buy nice things then I'll be judged and especially from the people that I absolutely love that are a part of like my family you don't want to be judged by your family because then that then feeds into evolutionary belief systems and evolutionary survival fears around then being extradited from your tribe, right? Mm. So it's so deeply ingrained in us and we don't necessarily recognize it, but I love that you're so conscious about that with your kids. And the way that you then celebrate other people with money is so important. And it's one of the biggest things that a lot of my clients really struggle with is that comparison And when you're able to come from a place of pure abundance where you can see somebody else's success in your life and in your world, you're seeing someone else represent a level of success that you want. If you're able to see that for what it is, which is a representation of what's available to you and that that's a great thing. And then if you celebrate it, then you're actually welcoming more of that into your life. But if we judge it, we're basically saying that that's not something that I can have, right? It's coming from a place of scarcity thinking, well, if they have it, that means I can't have it, which is actually not true. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk then about translating that into business and what's going to stop us from earning more money, is it is it really that abundance mindset? Is that kind of the answer there? Absolutely. So when we're in a place of scarcity, we actually retract. So you probably will see this in your clients. When we're in a place of scarcity, they're worrying about money, they're stressing about it, they're not, they're really worrying about where their next client's going to come from, where the next, you know, bill's going to be paid from, like all of that type of scarcity. We end up retracting and you'll see clients actually go, well, they'll stop spending, they will actually remove, you know, certain expenses from their business and they will actually then hold on to their money really tightly. And that's coming from a belief around they're not being enough, right? It's scarce. Mm -hmm. We're in a place of lack. 
But when we shift it to a place of abundance and know that money is just a tool that we use, it's an energy that we exchange for something of value, that it's available to us at all times. And I know that kind of seems a little bit woo-woo, but when you look at it, and if you ever Googled how much money is circulated in the world every day, there's, it's like 19 or $17 trillion that circulate oh. in the world <laughs> every day. There's plenty of it out there. Exactly. There's plenty of it out there. And the the part about being able to step into an abundant mindset is about shifting your focus of what's available to you and expanding into a place of expansion rather than retracting. Because when we're in a place of of retracting, you know, you end up stop investing in your business. You end up holding onto the money when you know when it comes to growth, you've got to invest in your business to grow. And so if you have that belief around that there's plenty of money, it's you're able to actually spend the money where you know it's going to be best placed and you're doing it from a place of neutral emotion because back when you were talking about how like when we end up spending it on things that we don't necessarily need, you know, if you're making those calculated decisions around how you're spending your money, if it's coming from a place of emotion where you're trying to avoid emotion or you're trying to buffer that emotion to make yourself feel good for some other reason, then that's actually coming from a place still of scarcity. So we want to shift it to abundance. We want to celebrate that there's plenty of money in the world that's available to you and allow yourself to be able to know that and have that faith that money will always come. And it's a tool that you can use to grow your business. It's not something that's of coming from a place of lack. Mm, Yeah. So if I was a person who suffered from this scarcity mindset and I wanted to shift to more of an abundant mindset, what kind of steps do you take to switch that around is it just like you know forcing the a change in the way you're thinking or what what is it that people actually do to change that yeah it definitely starts with that so our thoughts drive our emotions so the way that we think about money so the first thing I would suggest you do is just sit down and write down when you think about money what's everything that comes to the surface so all the negative all the positive because we want to really unlock what are some of the belief systems that are keeping you stuck in that place that are keeping you in a place of scarcity and some of the common ones are things like you know when you do what you love then you should do it for free things like money doesn't grow on trees money is dirty um you have to work hard to earn money like all those belief systems that are very common from our past generations that have been handed down to us And then start recognizing, okay, so how would I like to think about money? So we really want to shift our focus to a place of abundance rather than scarcity. And to do that, and the reason why we do that is because our brain has this filter, which is called the reticular activating system, and it will point out in your world what's important to you. So you need to activate that in your brain. So the way that I describe it is If you think about like the last time you bought a new car or you were thinking about buying a new car and you had this beautiful red Mazda in mind, for instance, and as soon as you started thinking about that and you were like, this is definitely the car that I want, you've told your brain that that's really important. And then what happens from there is that when you go out, you start seeing this car everywhere all over the road, right? And it's like, did I see this car on the road all the time before? It's like, well, no, I made it. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, like I didn't recognize (laughs) it at the time. The cars were there, but because I hadn't told my brain that reticular activating system, that filter to recognize it, it kind of deleted it out of my my vision, right? So I didn't really notice it before. But because I've told it it's important, it points it out all the time. So it works the same with scarcity. So if I'm in a headspace and mindset of there's not enough, I don't know where I'm going to get my next paying client from, I'm, you know, I don't have enough money in the bank, it's money's always going out and never coming in. 
your brain, you're activating that reticular activating system and it's looking for more scarcity in the world. You're not seeing the opportunities that perhaps are presenting themselves to you. Yes. So those Mm. are being deleted from your vision and so you're not noticing it. And so what you want to do is start to look for what can you be grateful for already that's already available to you that's already abundant and it doesn't necessarily just have to be money right because sometimes it's like really difficult if you're in a real scarcity headspace to look at the abundance and it might be just taking a moment each day to recognize what money already gives you so money is already giving you electricity wi-fi like we're able to do this interview over wi-fi for for instance over two states like that's pretty incredible and starting to look at, okay, what does money already give me? And then finding gratitude for what it already gives you and start treating it more like a friend rather than this thing that causes you stress and pain in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, a business coach that I had used for several years ago now when we uh, maybe, maybe 12, 10, 12 years ago. And he is an extremely successful businessman and he does not hold back in what it is that he spends his money on he doesn't hold back in in sort of I'm going to use the word flaunting it to the world mm-hmm. it's he doesn't you know he doesn't flaunt it I just can't think of a better word to use right now but he puts it out there and it's it also plays on his branding as well you know it's part of his business is to show I'm successful and I'm going to help you become successful you know as a business coach and I know for a fact there are so many people that just can't deal with the fact that he puts himself out there and is so freely spending money and, again, in inverted commas, flaunting it like that. And some people really can't deal with it. I love watching what he does with his money. I love to see the fact that he's been able to grow his business so so, yeah. uh, so much, so big. He's been able to create a an amazing lifestyle for him and his family and some people just can't deal with that you know people people just brush them aside and say it's just it's just too much I can't I can't do that you know but because it why not it triggers them right so it triggers their own insecurities around money it triggers their money money blocks and Mm. it highlights to them that they don't have what he has right? Whereas that, and again, that's coming from a place of scarcity. Whereas if we're able to shift it just the way that you have, and it's like, wow, like celebrate it, love that. Why can't we talk about money more freely? Why can't we flaunt it? Why, why can't we use it in the way that brings us joy? Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I love it as well, but it's, it's something that I've had to work on. It's not something that came to me easily because I've worked through a lot of money mindset blocks to shift, you know, things from being from a place of scarcity and now being able to see someone else flaunt their money and get excited by it and be like, that is a representation in the world of what's available to me. It's not telling yeah, me what right. I can't have. It's like, look what's possible. Yeah. Now, the things that this that this particular person has aren't things that I necessarily want, but I've got to tell you, I just love seeing it. I mm. love to see somebody else's success and to be able to, you know, in the background, celebrate that with them. I think it's really exciting and I think it's a nice Thing for us to do as friends or as business colleagues is to celebrate other people's success. And I guess what it then does is using, say, you know, um, him as a business coach, as an example, he then isn't struggling to charge what he believes he is worth. And that comes from that um, that relationship he has with money, I suppose, is, you know, the ability to be able to charge what he believes he's worth. 
And I guess that'd be a good conversation for us to jump into next is how is it that we, that we can, you know, do that? How do we know what we're worth for one? And then how do we actually then go and have the guts to say, okay, now I'm going to charge what I'm worth. Yeah. It's a big challenge for a lot of people, especially if we're in our own business and we are the, we are the person who is the one that's charging for our services. We're very connecting it again, back to our self-worth. And the biggest thing is that if we don't value what we do, nobody else is going to value it. We have to value it first. And that's where it comes down to valuing your worth and the value that you add to your clients, right? So it's like recognizing that if that's a real struggle for you, then I would start working on your self-worth. And what I mean by that is start looking at what value you bring to the world, how you value your own services and or products and recognize the impact that that has on the people that you work with. And I'm not talking about like the daily impact. I'm talking about the long-term impact and how that saves them money, time, energy, effort, like all of those things and starting to recognize that only you bring that to the world, right? There's nobody else that can do it the way that you do it. And when you value it and you believe in it, that's when other people will believe in it as well. And it's it's a mix of that plus obviously then stepping into believing that you are worthy of earning money. Now, one of the biggest blocks that a lot of people really struggle with is the belief system around you have to work hard to earn money. And I see this a lot with, you know, generation, the millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, because our older generations did actually have to work really hard to earn their money. And So we actually have to work through shifting that block because the flip side of that, now what our brain does is that say if we have that belief system around we have to work hard to earn money, it then deduces the opposite of it, that if I'm I'm not working hard, then I don't deserve the money. Yeah, yeah. I think that is such a big thing, you know, particularly going back to the previous generation. You know, I know that my... My family comes from the place of you need to work hard. You know, it's all about working hard and working harder to make the money. Mm. And I've never really thought of it in that way to say that you don't deserve it if you're not working hard. But I guess that sort of, it just comes naturally with it. It's an implication that's there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we don't realize it. And this is something that I've worked through myself as well. And I have a lot of clients that really struggle with this because of that factor that they end up then pushing and going after the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, always trying to prove their worthiness. And and heading to burnout. Yeah. And then they end up over-servicing and over-delivering and undercharging. Yeah. So that kind of then makes me, so I want to circle back a little bit to something else that you just said before, which was around focusing on the impact that you're having on people's lives um, when it comes to setting your pricing. So I talk a lot about value pricing and I guess that's where you're coming from there is about looking at the value that you're providing to people in the long run. And it's not about the thing that you're going to deliver. It's not about the project as it stands on its own, it's about something bigger that you're providing to your clients and working out a way to value that. Now, I read a lot about value pricing and I know I know for a fact that people struggle to come to terms with what value pricing is. I don't know if you have any real advice as to how to value price, you know, how to find that magic number to put on a project that you're pricing. Yeah. Look, it's interesting because 
because I come from a place of understanding the mindset that you've got to believe in what you're charging for you to be able to have the certainty to then come from a place that 100% believes it so you then your client knows the value is there. So we can work out the value of it. Like say like you and I worked out on someone else's business and we looked at someone else's business and said, okay, you should be charging this amount of money, but they didn't believe in it, then it doesn't matter because then they would go out and they would speak about it and you know, people would hear the insecurity in their voice. They would not believe in it. So then people wouldn't feel certain about making that investment, right? Mm. So there's that element but then I believe in the long-term impact of it. So when I think about even from my perspective around like my business mindset coaching, when you think about like I'm working on someone's mindset to help them to be able to take action in their business in a way that they've never taken action in their business before. So when you try to quantify that into a figure, it's pretty difficult, right? Because everyone's business, Absolutely. <laughs> everyone's business is different. So it's more about what they believe the impact is going to have. So if it's like, Think about the things that you're not taking action in your business right now. If you were taking action, then what result would that create in your business and how much money would you be earning from that place? Mm, so then they start yeah. to see the value from that place, I guess. And look, I think that people really struggle with it because there's so many other factors that come into play because you've obviously got to then look at the market. You've got to then look at what other people are charging. And But I always come back to the fact that the more you lean into your value and you believe in what it is that you're offering, that sometimes also then comes from action. So you've got to go out there, charge a certain amount, see the result that it's creating for your clients, see the long-term impact that it's having so that it builds that confidence and the competency that you have within your service or product to see the value. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely so important to have confidence in your service, have confidence in your product, have confidence in yourself to be able to deliver it. And it will then just come naturally to you, you know, to be able to just keep slowly, if you need to, bumping those prices up and up until you get to the place where you feel like, yeah, that's where I need to be. Yeah. And then it'll just keep happening from there, right? So I absolutely believe in that. So I would look at where are you like confident and I'm almost like at a place, sorry, my mind's going all over the shop now. It's like I always like to suggest clients, they set their price on working out like what's in between, like one, you 100% believe in charging this amount and then go that little bit further that kind of makes you have the fear response or the emotional reaction to, oh, I better deliver. Yeah. So then it kind of makes you step up and be better at what you do. Mm, yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Um, I work with a lot of service-based businesses, professionals, experts, those sort of, those types of people who are, uh, at the end of the day, selling their time. And one of the ways that I'll work, now I work more from a numbers perspective than um, than a pure mindset perspective, of course, and this is where it's probably a good mix, is that I'll take the uh, the facts around what it is that they are selling what it is that they are providing the facts around the number of hours that it's taking them to deliver on that um, commitment on that service and we work out a calculation you know a return on time what is your return on time and sometimes if somebody if we do all the numbers and it pops out that your return on time for the hours that you're the blood sweat and tears that you're putting into the work that you're doing and it comes out at you know $70 an hour that's a bit of an eye opener for some people to say okay well that I cannot continue to work mm. at that rate at that level so you know and sometimes it might come out at, at $250 an hour it could come out at $500 now there's it's about 
um, finding out where you're standing at the moment in your business, what numbers are really going to pop out the other end. And then it gives you a place to start from. Then you know really what it is that you are getting for a return on all the time, effort and energy that you're putting into your business. But then if you can couple that with the money mindset around um, increasing that pricing, then that's where you're really going to see the best results, isn't it? Yeah, because it's got to be sustainable. That's why the numbers are so important, right? Like often people don't even consider the impact of looking at the numbers right from the get-go and even considering like once you take tax out, <laughs> you got to yeah, you got to start from the, thinking from the place of if I continue to charge this, at what point am I going to get to the place where I become resentful? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that I often talk about is building yourself, one, a sustainable business. Okay. So a sustainable business means that you've got something that is um, profitable mm. and over a period of time, you're going to make enough money to to build the lifestyle that you perhaps want, you know, you, it's sustainable in that it's making you the money that you think you need. However, what's it doing to you from a personal perspective? Is it running you into the ground? And that's where I then sort of try to transition people from having a sustainable business into what I term as a, an elegant business. So is your business giving you a level of elegance around the way you're living your life? You know, are you working the hours that you want to work or are you working till midnight every, every night? How elegant is your lifestyle? Because if it's something that you're, if your lifestyle isn't something that you're really happy with, then it's probably got to do with the numbers in your business that are underlying your your actual business model, and the fact that you're not charging enough, or the fact that you're not doing things as well as you should be doing them. You're not streamlining things. You don't have the efficiencies, and whatever it is, when you know what's going wrong in the background, at least then you can go and change it. Yeah. And I love that. And I actually loved that episode when you talked all about the, uh, creating that elegant business model, because I think that's a perfect way to look at it. Because there, you are no good to anybody if you are so burnt out and become resentful for the fact that you don't feel valued because you're not charging enough. Absolutely. Yeah. It's no fun for anybody. You don't no. want to be that person. I mean, I understand that that's kind of the way we tend to get into business. And that first couple of years, I think, can be the couple of years that yes it'll give us the sustainable business the business is making some money the business has got a future I feel like I'm getting somewhere but at at some point you have to then take a little bit of a step back and say hang on a minute is this really going to give me the life that I want yeah and I think like I was as you were saying that I was thinking back to a client I was speaking with this about a couple of weeks ago and it was like looking at what had to happen for you to be able to offer the service that you offer? So when you come from a place of really valuing what you bring to the table, it's not just about the time versus money, right? It's about how, like if people are paying you for your brain, if they're paying you for their your ability to be able to look at their business and, and create some type of impact or change or result in your business, they're not just paying for the time. They're paying for all the education that you've had to pay for and the time and energy that you've put into being educated in that situation, the experiences that you've been through, the lessons that you've learned along the way, the challenges that you've overcome to get to where you are, like all of the factors that come into play to get you to where you are today is what people are actually paying for. They're not paying Absolutely. for that time versus money. 
Yeah, just because I can answer a question, a difficult, what you might see to be a difficult question, and I can answer it in 30 minutes, does not mean that I'm going to charge you 30 minutes worth of time. And same with you, Christine. You've spent a lot of time, money, energy, had a, a lot of experience in what it is you talk about. Just because you can solve somebody's problem in a one-hour session, you know, I'm not sure if you can solve anyone's problems in a one-hour session, but if you could do something in a one-hour session and say, yep, okay, we've ticked that box, that's done now, no, you shouldn't yeah, you're right. necessarily be charging a one-hour, an hourly rate on that. It's just exactly. It's more it's about not the right. result and the impact that that result has on you long-term, right? Because I know mm. that if I helped you overcome the fear of showing up on video on social media, that I actually would be able to do that in a one-hour session and then you'll be able go. to start showing up powerfully online and then it's about building the confidence in your ability to be able to do that. But then say you do that for the next six months and you're showing up on video regularly, what impact is that going to have on your business? Mm, Huge, yeah. right? So it's about the impact and the result that you're creating and it's not about that time. It's about how I've been able to educate myself, the experience, my knowledge, the backgrounds, like all the things that I've then put into bringing what I bring to that hour. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really, it, it is, it's been a really interesting conversation. I've got one more question here, which I think is something that comes across us. I see it a lot in the businesses that I work with. People, as they increase their income, as their money um, profits increase, what, tell us about the money threshold that happens as people's income increases. Yeah, amazing. So we all have a threshold of what we believe we are that is available to us that we believe that we can earn, right? And so that may have been from different past experiences that you've had where you have been paid for a certain amount of, you know, time, energy or effort. And so let's think back to like what's the most you've earned in a maybe a job role before you then started your business. So you may have that threshold where maybe you earned 80K, 100K per year for a certain job. And then you start your business or you step into, you know, next couple of years of your business and you start to push against that threshold. If you've only ever earned that amount of money, then sometimes we can actually have a threshold that stops us from earning past that because we have the certain level of fear that could be stopping us because it's coming from a place of the unknown. So our brain is designed to keep us safe. And the way that it does that is it filters our experiences that we're stepping into from day to day based on the past. So we're always basically living from the past. So if, we, if our brain's filtering going, as we step into a new experience and we go, our brain goes, okay, have I experienced this before? And if the answer is no, then our brain goes into, into a state of fear. And then we can actually cause, us, cause ourselves to sabotage our success from that place because it's fearful not knowing what's going to happen and whether we're going to be safe. So yes. So if you're saying, if you're saying to me that our brain is designed to keep us safe, then that comes back to a lot of our issues with value pricing and all of that as well. What if I put a big price on there that I think I'm worth, that I think that I should be charging for a particular job and the client says no. Yeah. And then I have to deal with that rejection and rejection is one of the biggest fears that we have as a human being right? So there's that that comes into play with it as well. So, and it's always, always coming back to what we believe that we are worth for sure. And the other element that kind of plays into the threshold as well is, which is kind of similar to the fear of the unknown is actually a fear of success, which a lot of women struggle with more than men, which I, I find really fascinating. 
And so what I mean by that is that a lot of people think they have a fear of failure when truly they actually have a fear of success. So when things start to work out, we sabotage it because we have this fear of who we have to become or what that's going to mean if we have more money. So if we have limiting money beliefs about, you know, if I have more money, then what's that's going to mean for me or who do I have to be in the, in the process of that? You know, if people have been judged for having money in the past, am I going to be judged? Is it, you know, more money, more problems? Am I going to be able to handle that? So we go into those fear states again about the brain trying to keep us safe. And we think about, okay, so let's say the next level of income for you is earning 500 grand and you've never earned that amount of money in your business before. And maybe you've been on the precipice of hitting 400 and that even seems really scary for you. We then want to look at what is the fears that are keeping us playing at that level? So what would it mean to earn 500K? What would that mean for your business? What would that mean for your life? And what worries you about that? So it could be that you fear the financial implications, the tax implications. It could mean that you fear the legal implications. Like there's so much that goes into play there that if we have never actually consciously thought about it, then we're always keeping our brain in a state of fear. So sometimes even just thinking about that threshold and go, okay, so what's my threshold that I'm worried about and all that's, I feel like I'm hitting that plateau at. And then what would it mean to go above that and start to just write down everything that comes to mind, literally like get it all out of your head and write it all down. Like, oh, I'm worried that my husband will worry because I become the the bread earner, right? Like I'm worried, the breadwinner, sorry. I'm worried that if I start having that level of money and I talk about it, then my friends might judge me or I might, they might not want to be around me anymore. Or I'm worried that I'm going to have to pay so much tax and that freaks me out. Like just starting to think about like, what are all the thoughts that are going along with that? Because well, I guess there are just so many, there's yeah. so many thoughts that could come along with that. So I guess when you talk about like self-sabotage and, and that sort of thing, that's what we're doing when we're making excuses, I guess. Are we making excuses for why? we can't take on the next job or why we can't uh i'm not i'm not really sure but is it is it that kind of thing yeah so we will sabotage it from happening because then that helps us stay safe so it's all a protection mm. mechanism yeah yeah wow so even just recognizing and sometimes like we haven't actually consciously thought about all those fears and so we're going about our everyday life and we sabotage the, ourselves to keep ourselves safe because that creates certainty. Like, so it's, as we're pushing against that precipice of the unknown, what is the safest thing to do there is to actually stay comfortable, to stay safe and to stay in our comfort zone. So if we know that at this level, I know exactly what happens at this amount of money that I earn. I know exactly how I go about my day. I know the impact that it has on control over your life. You've got control over your business. You feel like you've got control over everything at a certain level, but then yeah, there's this level of unknown. Yeah, Yeah. I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah. So the best way to do that and to be able to shift it is to actually start writing all of the fears down and then writing what would your action plan be if that happened? Because the more certainty we can create around it, the more clarity we can create around it, the less fear there is there. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. So when you work with your clients, tell us a little bit about what's it like to work with Christine? What what do you do with these people? Like you're not lying us down on a, no. on a leather couch in an <laughs> office and... <laughs> What are you doing when you're working with your clients? I'm doing magic. No. <laughs> so I work with I work with my clients majority as one-on-one. So we do it either over Zoom or in person, depending on where you live. I'm in Brisbane, so if, um, but I have clients all over the country. So we do most of our sessions on Zoom. 
And we're really looking at having great conversations to be able to unlock whatever is holding you back. And then I use different mindset processes to help shift those belief systems at a subconscious level. So we're actually doing the deep inner work. And that is, you know, if you've never experienced it before, it's literally literally like magic. Like I can't explain it any other way that we're unpacking and un basically unlocking and rewiring the brain to then believe a different perception. So it's actually shifting these blocks and like, say, say we have a belief system around, we have to work hard to earn money and we've realized that that's causing you to burn out. And we've realized that that's causing you to try and prove your worthiness every time that you charge, whatever it is that you charge in your business. We actually do some mindset processes where we shift that belief system So then you no longer, your brain doesn't have the ability to believe that thought anymore. And you can start to then shift into a mindset of when I work hard, I deserve a lot. And when I, when I actually create a beautiful result and I add value to somebody's life, then money comes my way. And so we actually shift belief systems throughout different processes that I use. And so as a qualified master coach, so I use NLP processes, which is neuro-linguistic programming. I use matrix therapy processes, uh, embraining, which is actually creating an internal alignment with our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. So then we can start to take action in the places in our business that we've been avoiding in the past. Yeah, great. That's a lot of big words there. There's a lot of like really fancy sounding stuff, but I can tell you, Christine, that I have been working with business owners for a long time and there are a lot of people out there that are in one way or another struggling to increase what, you know, charge what they're worth. They're struggling to come to terms with the fact that their financial position isn't as good as they want it to be, or they're struggling to come to terms with the fact that they need to make more money, but they don't know how to, you know, even if you give them the how, they're still not going and taking that extra step and doing it. And I guess that's where these sort of conversations really start to come into, step into their importance. That's exactly where I play is that if you already know what you should be doing, but you're not doing it, then that, then you know, it's mindset that's keeping you stuck. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I really was scared to start with because I don't know. I just don't know anything about this sort of thing. It's not that I don't want to know anything about it. It's just that I tend to personally, I stick to my lane in my business. And I think we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And I think that we help people um, we give people the best help and the best advice when we do stick to our lanes. Whereas I think there's a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of business coaches and consultants and things out there that really do try to do everything all at once. And it, it can kind of, I don't know, water it down a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, I'm so fascinated with why we do what we do and like human beings, like you said, like they're just, if we're just doing the best we can with what we've got. And so you're giving them this amazing strategy and helping them really look at their numbers. And it's like, I come in on the other side of things and actually help them go, okay, so you know all this stuff, but why aren't you taking action on it? And let's unlock and actually unpack that so we can help shift that so you can start taking action and start believing in yourself and have the confidence to show up for yourself. And then it all just happens from there. Like I think about, as you were saying that one of my clients she came to me because she was literally in that place where she was struggling to increase her prices. She was really worried about where her, where the money was going to come from. If her business was going to even exist after COVID, like she was freaking out about all of that. And the way that I, what I love about what I do is that it's so gentle in the way that it's not scary, even though the client, like you just said, like you were worried about what it was going to bring up. (laughs) 
she even said to me a couple of weeks ago, she's like, I just don't have those fears anymore. Like I just don't worry about money anymore. And she's like, last week her fridge died and she's like, previously I would have freaked out and would have gone into a spiral of fear and self-doubt, worrying about where are we going to find that money? How am I going to make that money back? But she's like, now I was like, you know what, I've got that. Cool. Let's go buy a fridge and let's find buy one that we love. And she's coming from a completely different place. And she's like, I now know that my business can absolutely be sustainable. And I know that there's so many options that I have because she's now got the confidence in herself to back herself. Yeah, no, that's a great story. And it's something that it's something that people struggle with everywhere one way or another. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for this great conversation. I've really enjoyed having the chat with you. You've been so helpful and I know you would have helped lots of listeners out there. There's a lot of us that kind of know a little bit about mindset. A lot of us know lots about it. A lot of us read a lot about it. I don't, and but I do appreciate the ideas. I appreciate the fact that, yeah, there is a problem out there with particular people. Um, I shouldn't say particular people, with everybody. We've all got our own issues one way or another. And I guess if we can sort them out sooner than later, then it means that we get to grow our businesses and enjoy our lifestyles sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation too. Well, tell us, Christine, where can people catch up with you if they wanted to sort of follow you or check out what you're doing in a little bit more depth? Sure. So I hang out most on Instagram. So I'm at Christine Corcoran underscore coach. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I'd love to hear what you took away from it. So make sure you jump in into my DMs and send me a message. I'd love to hear from you because it's so hard when we record these and put them out and then we never know who listens to them. That's true. (laughs) It's always nice to hear from people. Um, I also have my own podcast, which is called the Next Level Life Podcast, and I dive into all different mindset blocks on such a deeper level. So if you feel like you need support with that, you can definitely head there. Otherwise, my website is my name, so christinecorcoran.com.au. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And wherever you are in the world, wherever you are listening from, I hope you have a fantastic week and we shall talk again soon. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.